The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Wisdom Wednesday presented, of course, By DraftKings, I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. Most of you know this already. This show, the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, is daily, Monday through Friday. Once week one of the NFL season comes around, all the way through the Super Bowl, in the quote-unquote offseason, or at least non-regular season. We give you three of these a week, but there's plenty of other shows to fill the void. Mondays, we do the college draft, which is all about the top college prospects and college football and the NFL draft. Tuesdays, we do Even Money, which is one of the five best NFL football betting podcasts in the galaxy. Wednesday, Fantasy Feast. So you have plenty of others to catch up on if, for whatever reason, uh, you still need something daily. We got something for you daily. Andrew Brandt even does the Business of Sports podcast as well. Really looking forward to you guys getting a chance to hear this conversation I had with Sean King, former NFL quarterback. I actually had him on to talk about Sam Howell and some of the other quarterbacks a month or two ago. But we talked a lot, actually, about Sean's coaching career, which I found fascinating. Because as a former player, I've always thought about coaching, and he pretty much, in my mind, confirmed both the pros and cons, the positives and negatives of coaching with you talking with him. Before we get to that, though, I got to make sure you guys know about my first draft pick. Speaking of the college draft, it's Max. Max is the best entertainment for whatever mood I'm in or my fam. Maybe it's drama. Maybe it's my go-to. I know people love superhero movies like Batman or Shazam. Some people, like my wife, like Home Renovation, like Fixer Upper, Welcome Home or Hometown. I'm more of a comedy guy. HBO original Curb Your Enthusiasm, Big Bang Theory. If I'm with the whole crew, how about Max original Sesame Street or the new Max original Gremlins, Secrets of the Mogwai? 
Don't wait to pick the best of streaming entertainment, Max, with something for every mood I'm in anytime. It's always a win, and plans start as little as $9.99 a month. Max, the one to watch. Subscription required. Visit max.com. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. As promised, we are joined now by one of my favorite people that I've ever worked with in the media. I'm telling you, man, there was like a five-year period there where this guy and I were together 70 nights a year up in Stanford, Connecticut on Pro Football Talk and various NBC Sports Network shows. We did such a good job. The NBC Sports Network doesn't even exist anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He went on to get into coaching after we were no longer on that show. And now he's got an awesome show, man. It's uh, VEASAN Live Primetime, 6 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time on VEASAN, which, by the way, is part of the uh, DraftKings family, like, like my shows are. Check him out on social media at Real Sean King, S H A U N King. For those of you who don't remember, gosh, people are young now. What was the what was the record, Sean? Were you the first rookie to start an NFC Championship game, or what's the? They still say it sometimes when a rookie starts to have success in the playoffs. What's the deal there? I'm sure you know well, what it is. Yeah, they dug it up from the grave. Um... Oh, it brought Purdy, and uh, it was a topic, you know, because uh, he was a rookie. He was playing for San Francisco. You know, of course, they had Super Bowl expectations. Fell a little short, but I was the first rookie quarterback to ever start a NFC Championship game. So the first to lead him, his team to that. And I learned during the actual Eagles-Niners game, I did not know this. I actually was the youngest of all of them because uh, I think Brock Purdy made five. I think it's – uh. I think it's me, Roethlisberger, I want to say Joe Flacco, Mark Sanchez, and I think Brock Purdy was the fifth. I was that, the first um, and the youngest. Yeah, that that sounds that sounds right to me. That's pretty cool, man. You're the you're the first and you're the youngest. And I, dude, it's gonna be hard to beat the youngest. <laughs> it is, especially now with guys been able to play college football for a decade. You know, yeah, Purdy's like older than you are at this point. Right, um, right. I'm convinced that guy started a quarterback for Iowa State for seven years. Every Iowa State game I watched the last seven years, he was there. And I was like, of course he's good. I've seen him against Texas and Oklahoma. He's always good with Iowa State dudes around him. That is funny. So first rookie quarterback, first of all, you can never take away the first ever. True. And then secondly, um, obviously – being the youngest, that'll be tough to beat as well. I love it. Um, so, so Sean, after we were doing the NBC stuff, you got into coaching at University of South Florida, and I, I, I'm fascinated by this because you were media, coaching, media. Tell me about your experience. Like it? Love it? Hate it? Would you do it again? Which do you like better, coaching or media? What are the pros and cons? I'm fascinated by this. Because it feels like, to be honest with you, man, most of the guys I talk to, like Saturday or Dilfer, they love coaching, dude. Like, they love it. They're, they're like, addicted to it. And I'm like, sounds like a lot of hours. Sounds like getting fired again. No, thank you. Well, it's a complex answer because I don't think it's – 
any way to to be fair, objective, and give each aspect like you know the justice it deserves. So let's just start with why I left. Um, I was actually in San Francisco covering the Panthers Broncos Super Bowl. So this is Cam versus Peyton in his last year, last game. And uh, I get a call that week. I'm there of, uh, for NBC Sports and for Yahoo. And I get a call from Willie Taggart, the head coach at University of South Florida at the time. And uh, he says, listen, I have a young quarterback, Quentin Flowers. I really think you could help him take the next step. Would you please come be the quarterback coach here at South Florida? So I was born in St. Petersburg. I'm, I live in Tampa at the time, Ross. So it was an opportunity for me, like you said, 90 days uh, a, a year when we were at NBC. You know, it's a lot to be away. So it was an opportunity for me to, you know, first of all, I only went because it was the quarterbacks. You know, because when I look at coaching, and I want to put context on this as to why I'm back in the media, uh, quarterback is my passion. Like, that's where I feel like, I'm different than a whole, whole lot of guys coaching that position. You know, just with my past experiences, just with my understanding of psychologically what it takes to get a quarterback to an elite level, I just think I have a unique gift when it comes to that. So I left two reasons, to be closer to home more often, but also because it was the quarterbacks. And uh, I helped Quentin Flowers win Conference USA, I mean, uh, American Athletic Player of the Year. Wow, I, I didn't realize yeah. that. I did, I did. And it was a loaded team. Now, we had Marquez Valdez, Scantlin, who just won the Super Bowl with the Chiefs. We had Dearness Johnson, who backs up Nick Chubb yeah. in Cleveland. I mean, we had uh, uh, Mike Love, who's a backup defensive end for the Bills. Deidre Sanat, who's a backup defensive tackle for the Bucks. I mean, we were loaded. Now, we had uh, Mitchell Wilcox, backup tight end for the, uh, for the Bengals. Like, we had dudes on that team, so... It was it was just an opportunity, I, I, and, and I got so much joy out of helping Quentin develop on and off the field and culminating with him winning, you know, American Athletic Player of the Year. So that was tremendous. So, listen, I was like, okay, I made the right decision. I'm going to stay in coaching. And, Ross, I got indoctrinated in coaching in a whole bunch of ways six months into it. I mean, here I am. I get there in – I want to say I took that job maybe March or something like that. Cause I mean, we, I had to, you know, properly leave Yahoo and NBC. You know, I couldn't just, you know, up and leave. We had shows we were doing. So I also was working contractually to make sure that everything was right. So we go 11 and two, I think is what we went. And uh, we beat South Carolina, uh, the SEC South Carolina in a bowl game. And uh, what I think was Will Muschamp's first year there at South Florida. They had a great, I mean, at South Carolina, they had a great receiver named Debo Samuel, by the way, who played in that game. So they were good. But Willie Taggart takes the Oregon head job not long after the Birmingham Bowl. So I'm in year one. I just left a profession to come and coach quarterbacks for Willie Taggart. The kid I'm coaching, Ross, wins player of the year in the conference. Willie Taggart goes to Oregon decides that he needs someone with West Coast background to, from a recruiting standpoint, to come there and be the quarterbacks guy. See, I, I ultimately ended up hiring Marcus Arroyo instead of me 
And I was stuck at South Florida, which is not necessarily a bad thing. So I haven't gotten into, okay, well, I'll never go into coaching again. Um, Charlie Strong gets fired at Texas. USF hires Charlie Strong. Charlie Strong comes to South Florida. He says, Sean, you did a great job with Quentin. I want you to stay. I'm going to keep you on the staff as the quarterback coach. I say, okay, cool. I get to stay at quarterbacks. I get the reigning conference player of the year. And I got a room of guys that I love. Chris Oladokun was a kid I recruited my initial year there. He's one of the backups for the Chiefs now. So fast forward, all of a sudden, about two weeks after this, Sterling Gilbert, I guess, decides that he's going to come to South Florida with Charlie. He gets there. He's the offensive coordinator. Uh, He decides that he wants to coach the quarterbacks, and I get moved to running backs. So I left a profession to go to coaching. The kid I'm coaching wins conference player of the year in year one, and I get moved to running backs after the first year as a reward. And you guys go 11-2, and two and your head coach gets a, a huge Power 5 job. Yep, uh-huh. And so that, in a nutshell, is why I just that's, – that's the part of coaching that you can't control that makes you miserable. Because every year around Jan- December, January, you're worried about job security, and it really don't matter how good a job you did. You know, sometimes your coach gets fired. Sometimes he takes another job. You know, maybe the athletic department don't want to pay you know, what you feel like you've earned, like all kind of different reasons. So, you know, that that's very unnerving. Like in broadcasting, you know, if you take a job and you're doing a show and you can see what the ratings are, you know, what the engagement is, social, like you can, there are definitely uh, metrics, quantity, quant, right, metrics that show you how successful you are. You're generally going to be good. You know what I mean? You don't really have to worry about it. You might, you know, use your leverage to get a better spot or, you know, some more years on your deal or a higher rate. But, you know, you're not worried about NBC picking up and, and moving, you know, to Fox or Fox picking up and moving to NBC and not bringing you. So a lot more peace of mind in broadcasting to sum that up in a nutshell. So that was my first 12 months in the business. Okay, so you did it for three more years, and then you got out of it. And would you ever do it again or no? Only if it was at quarterbacks. And, and, and I have to have a clause in the contract that says, you know, if you move me from quarterbacks, like, you still got to pay me, but I don't have to come to work. <laughs> you know, like, because that's what I want to do. And, you know, so much is made, you know, not to completely, like, go – you know, uh, left right here, but I do think it's pertinent to what we're talking about. We started this by saying that I was the first rookie quarterback in the history of the National Football League. That's a long time, Ross. That's a real long time to lead his team or help his team get to an NFC Championship game. It comes out this year that I also was the youngest. Now, my year as a quarterback coach, the kid I coached was conference player of the year. The only year he ever won it, by the way. And yet, I could not get a quarterback coaching job anywhere. Like, like I, I went to the conventions. Like, I did everything possible. And then when you, you look at it, you know, the NFL has a head coach of minority hiring issue. It's been well publicized, well talked about. I think also something that permeates all levels of football, from college and pro, is the lack of minority representation at the quarterback coach position. And... You know, I played with Josh McCown. I'm a big Josh McCown fan, and I'm happy he got the job in Carolina, and I hope he does a great job. But 
you know, I couldn't even get a college quarterback coaching job anywhere. Everybody was just running backs, running backs, you know, all the offensive coordinators, they want to coach the quarterbacks. And ultimately they end up having some young guy in the room because they can't do both. You know, so the quarterbacks really, all they're doing is learning the system. They're not developing. And uh, it was interesting. It was interesting, man. I learned a lot. You know, I will say this, though. The part that, that's great about it, Ross, is helping the kids. I mean, helping the kids, you know, through their ups and downs, like really being there as a mentor, you know, also helping them, you know, just understand the psychology of being a great football player. And that's handling success as much as it is handling failure. And everybody thinks like you got to have a, a way to cope with failure. Hell, success, you know, a lot of times does more detriment, you know, because it breeds complacency. It bleeds overconfidence. Um, you know, I coach totally different, but I coach my daughters. Uh, I'm the head coach of their softball team. And by the way, I stunk at baseball. I was not good, <laughs> but I'm the head coach of their softball team. And let me just tell you, I mean, I really do it just to be around my daughters because, you know, during football season from August till the Super Bowl, I'm going like every weekend. You know, I'm doing college games, doing NFL games, whatever. But let me just tell you, man, when one of the girls who it's their first year playing or maybe that maybe they're not exactly going to be a high school superstar if you catch my drift, when they do something positive, like they make an out or they get a hit and I see that smile on their face, there's nothing better. Yeah, there's not yeah. it's incredible it, it's, it, it's like a drug it's it's un. it gets me so happy and so excited because you know you and i worked hard for sure but also a decent amount of it came naturally like you know i can remember dodgeball in first grade like right away i was the one pegging all the kids that weren't strong and it was right, like right. you know what i mean like it was very obvious I think that's why they have dodgeball in school, just to, like, establish right away, okay, these are the strong kids. They should not do that. I mean, they should wait at least a couple of years. It's a whole other story. Um, but it's just a great feeling. It's funny, man. I wanted to ask you about coaching. I didn't know it would be most of the interview. Um, but I'm glad because I, I'm, I'm interested in that. And I always feel like this, like, you know, I can ask you, and I can get you on again and ask you about Deshaun Watson, some of these guys or whatever, but – um, I always feel like if I am genuinely curious and interested, then my listeners will be too. I mean, none of them are going to like get into coaching probably. Um, but there's a million people out there that talk about what they think of these quarterbacks, the prospects or whatever, to have someone like you actually explain the negative of coaching and you're a thousand percent right. The reason I think there aren't as many black head coaches in the NFL or college football is because of what you just said. There's not a ton that are coaching quarterbacks. For the most part, it's quarterback coaches. Then they become like Mike Kafka or whatever, offensive coordinator somewhere. They have success there, and they become a head coach. The enemy had to go to Washington now to show that it's him that's having the success. And not just Andy Reid, and that's a whole other conversation. Um, but I'm glad to talk to talk to you about that because there is no way you should not have been hired. Really, I mean, after the Quentin Flowers thing with your experience, you should have been gotten a chance as an NFL, you know, quarterback coach. 
Man, it's crazy, isn't it, to hear just what it's like to be a coach as a former player like Sean and you switch positions, the success he had, and then he still has to move. I mean, it's just it's it's the uncontrollables that would really bother me about that industry. Thankfully, you can control the things in your house. Like I controlled our upstairs bathrooms by replacing two showers earlier this year. Absolutely fantastic. I cannot possibly recommend the company more highly than West Shore Home. And you can see for yourself what they did at my house, westshorehome.com slash Ross. I know a lot of you still probably don't know what to do for Father's Day. How about westshorehome.com slash Ross? You can see my entire project, pictures and videos, and you can schedule a free estimate. When you do that, you'll qualify for free installation for a limited time. Go to westshorehome.com slash Ross today to lock in this amazing offer. And for those of you that don't listen to Fantasy Feast podcast, keep in mind, all you need to do to be in the best ball draft at DraftKings against me and Joe Dolan, you're going against us. It's a live draft is to qualify is to get the free estimate. WestShoreHome.com slash Ross. Send it to me, Ross at RossTucker.com. WestShoreHome.com slash Ross. I'm taking you down. Tuck Stakes. All right, Ross. A lot of news gets you today. First, Vikings defensive end Daniel Hunter is skipping mandatory meeting camp, even though he is under contract. Feels like a lot going on with the Vikings, doesn't it, Jack? I mean, this is a team that won 13 games last year hosted a home playoff game, and yet you had the Zadarius Smith situation. He's in Cleveland now. They're having issues with Daniil Hunter. They cut Dalvin Cook. Feels like they're sort of trying to rebuild, reload. I don't know, but it certainly doesn't feel like they're going to be a better team than they were last year. Hunter had a really good season for the Vikings last year. He's an excellent player. He signed, and this is his fault, a way below market, way below market deal a while ago, like years ago. And he's kind of been an uphill battle ever since, which, you know, I never mind when guys get the money early to get that life-altering money. But you have to understand then, a lot of people are going to pass you up. He's doing everything he can at this point to try to find a way to get the Vikings to give him more money. We'll see whether or not they do. One that might be even more surprising Bills wide receiver Stephon Diggs did not participate in minicamp on Tuesday, despite reporting on Monday. It's not reportedly football or contract related. Right. And Jack and I are actually recording this Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday evening, I guess. I don't really know what to say about this one, Jack. I mean, I will say this. Stephon Diggs was not happy in Minnesota at one point, which is why he got traded to Buffalo. Now he's not happy in Buffalo. He's making a ton of money. Got a top five quarterback. He's on a Super Bowl contending team. I don't know. If you guys know what he's upset about now, feel free to hit me up on social media at Ross Tucker NFL or us at Ross Tucker Pod because I'm I'm not exactly sure. And another big minicamp news, Saquon Barkley is also not attending the minicamp with his team. Right, but that's a totally different situation because they put the franchise tag on him, but he's not under contract. So like Hunter and Stephon Diggs, those guys, they can be fined. Their team can fine them for skipping the minicamp practices. 
That is not the case with Saquon Barkley. He's not under contract with the Giants. He's not a member of the Giants. If he wants, he can drive down here to South Jersey and take things to the next level with me, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with me, his new friend, and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. So some actual transactions, the Patriots cut former Jags rookie sensation, James Robinson, the running back, and the Jets brought in a safety, Adrian Evos. So the James Robinson thing is just kind of sad because he had an awesome rookie year for the Jags. I think he was an undrafted rookie free agent out of like Illinois State. Just an awesome story. And it's kind of gone the wrong way ever since then. He had that torn Achilles. They drafted ETN. Hasn't been real good. And uh, it's a shame. It really is because he's never going to really capitalize on the money. he. I mean, the money he could have earned based on that first year. And Adrian Amos hasn't missed a start in five years. Maybe not as good in coverage as some people would like their safety to be, but just kind of a rock-solid veteran. I can see exactly why the Jets wanted to bring him into the fold. My guess is, I think I saw where it's up to $4 million. Let's see how down to it is. Some other news. The Texans are inducting J.J. Watt into their ring of honor against his brother's Steelers. The Bucks are bringing back their cream school throwback uniforms against the Lions in week six. And the Browns are unveiling a new dog logo. Well, I, I think all those are just awesome. I mean, J.J. Watt, obviously, it's it's much deserved. And I think that's awesome. He gets to do it in front of his brother, right? That's fantastic. Uh, the creamsicles, I know, Jack, you're a uniform guy. Uh, everybody, I don't know anybody doesn't like the creamsicles, although nobody really liked them when they had them originally. Now everybody loves them. That's always an interesting situation. Orange creamsicle, delicious, by the way. And I don't even remember the last thing you said. It wasn't that important. What is important is that on Thursday, we'll have Greg Cosell. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. How about some shout-outs for Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, HumanHeadNYC.com, SteakhouseSports.com, Go-Bangles.com, Evergreen Economics, Backofficeschedule.com, and it is absolutely not too late to get the best Father's Day gift ever for any of the father figures in your life, myfrontpagestory.com.